1: If you can believe that he sent John the Baptist, which he did, and if you can believe that after John the Baptist came Jesus, which it happened, and if you can believe that no one can stand, which is the truth, and number four, if you believe that he died for the sins of the world, if he can do that and that and that and that, trust me, he can open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing in your life that you can't even have enough room to store it all.
0: Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch, and we're glad you are joining us for tonight's broadcast. Pastor Dudley is the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, which is one church on three different campuses in the greater Los Angeles area at Porter Ranch, Woodland Hills, and Agua Dulce. We'll be joining Pastor Dudley in just a moment, but first, we want you to know this program is called Lift Up Jesus because we exist to lift up Jesus and the life-changing truth of the gospel. And we do this every night, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. here on KKLA. No matter where you're listening from right now, in your car or your home or at work, you're about to hear bold, uncompromising teaching about faith, family, and daily life. We believe there is nothing like immersing yourself in the Bible each and every day to completely transform your life. We thank you again for joining us tonight we know you're going to be enriched and encouraged by tonight's program. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message from God's Word.
1: I want you to turn to Matthew 6, uh, verse 21, and it says these words, Jesus says, For wherever you place your treasure, there your heart will be what? Also. Also. Notice he does not say that wherever your heart is that your treasure follows. That's not what he said. He said where you place your treasure your heart follows. That is the truest test of your love. It's the truest test of your heart is where you place your treasure. I want you to write this down. There's three tests we're going to take today. And test number one is the test of the heart. Our treasure is a test of the heart. It's just a it's, a, it's an analogy that Jesus says that Jesus had a nickname. His nickname was truth. They call him the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. And the truth says that wherever you place that treasure, your heart just seems to follow. In context, everybody say context. Uh, the two verses before this verse in, in, in 19 and 20, uh, Jesus said, uh, Jesus is talking. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. Verse 20, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves cannot break in and steal. It's in that context. He's talking about treasures on earth, treasures in heaven. That's the context that, he's, that he says uh, to you and I wherever you put your treasure, if your treasure's only on the things on this earth, that's where your heart's going to be. And if you put your treasures in heaven, that's where your heart will be. So the question is this write this down is where is your treasure? Where is your treasure? Because the answer to that is where your heart is. The second test is this, the test of one's faith. You have the test of your heart. Wherever you put your treasure, that's where your heart goes. But there's a second test, and it's a test of faith. Go over to Malachi chapter 3. I I gave you this history last week. I want to give it to you again just a little bit more. This is 600 years before Christ, okay? So the cross isn't here yet, 600 years before. Israel's carried off into captivity up to Babylon by the Babylonians. They were in exile for 70 years. They're held captive. And one day the Persians come and conquer the Babylonians. So now Persians are in charge. And King Cyrus, the Persian king, has mercy upon the Jews and allows the Jews to go back to Jerusalem after 70 years and he actually gives them some money to go back and they're excited to go back to Jerusalem because when they get back there, they get to rebuild the walls, they get to rebuild their city and they get to rebuild the temple of God. After a 100 years, they became complacent. They lost their spiritual fervor. They stopped giving God their best sacrifice. They stopped giving God their best reverence. They stopped giving God their best worship. That's kind of the background but what I did not tell you uh, last week was one of the reasons that they became complacent was that they became discouraged because when they moved back to Jerusalem, things were not exactly as they thought they would be. There was a famine in the land, and so there wasn't enough to eat, uh, and things, they struggled. And I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where it didn't turn out the way you thought it would turn out. Maybe your marriage, you thought you were going to have the world's greatest marriage, and you got married, and all of a sudden things went south, and you thought, man, this isn't, what it, this isn't what I thought it would be. Or maybe you, uh, you took a job and you thought, man, this is, this is the greatest job I've ever gotten, but, but the job didn't quite turn out the way you thought it would be. Or maybe you went to a school. You thought, oh, if I, get, if I can just get in this school. And you got in the school and things didn't quite turn out the way you thought they would. And all of a sudden you become discouraged because, you know, uh, things like that happen. Well, back in Israel, when things turned south, the famine came, they were hurting Uh, the, the, the vines stopped producing a crop, uh, a a lot of, a lot of difficulty. They did what a lot of us would have done. They stopped, they stopped, uh, giving to God what belonged to God because they were hurting. Things hadn't quite turned out. So they just decided not to give. And that's the background for Malachi three verse eight. In case you wonder, where did this come from? That's when God says, will a man rob God? Why are you robbing from me? And the people asked, well, how are we robbing from you? And he answered, in tithes and the offerings, because the tithes and the offerings belong to God. And then he says in verse 9, you are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing from me. And then he says this verse, uh, in verse 10, bring the whole tithe, not 2%, that's not the tithe. The word tithe means 10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, I want you to remember that phrase, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you do not have enough room uh, to store it all. Now, uh, tithing is an Old Testament system. Everybody say Old Testament. It's an Old Testament system. They were required to do this. This is before the cross. They had to do it. Uh, the book of Leviticus I'll show you the verse in Leviticus 27 it says uh, a tithe of everything from the land in other words you take all the land and all the the uh, produce off of this land whether it's grain from the soil or fruit from the trees a tithe belongs to who belong to the Lord and it is holy it is sacred to the Lord Uh, and so If you study this and you really study it, there were three different tithes that they had to pay. This was only one of the three uh, in Leviticus. They had one tithe, which was a tenth, they had another tithe, they had a third tithe that they had they got three years to pay it over three years. So stay with me. Every Jewish man in Israel, in any in every given year, had to give about twenty, twenty-three, twenty-four percent, almost a quarter of their whatever they had, had to go to the Lord each and every year. Now, how many of you glad that you don't live in the Old Testament? Okay, because they, they had to do that. Now, we live in the what? We live in the New Testament, all right? We live under grace. Everybody say praise God. But I want you to understand the history of this. They're supposed to give 20 25%. The very basic was 10%. But when the famine came and things got rough... They stopped giving to God what belonged to God. They started spending it because they felt like they had to have it. And that's where you have this text. Well, why are you robbing for me? The tithe belongs to me. Now, you and I could discuss a long time the difference between the Old and the New Testament. The New Testament is a much higher standard than the Old Testament. Some of you thought, well, oh, I don't have to do all that because I live in the New Testament. Well, you need to be careful because the New Testament is a much higher standard than the Old, Old Testament In fact, Jesus said, you've all heard that it's it's against the law to commit murder. How many of you know it's wrong to murder? Jesus said, his standard, if you have hatred in your heart towards a brother, is murder. So which is a higher standard? Jesus' standard. And Jesus said these words, so be careful. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you have to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. He didn't command, he demanded that if you want to follow Christ, Jesus said, you must be willing to give up everything. Then you come follow me. Now, last time I checked, everything is 100%. The point is, Old Testament, they had to. The New Testament, we live under a system of grace. And it all depends, again, what's in your heart and how much faith that you have. Now, the Old Testament, I just want to say this. They would never seen the cross. They had never experienced grace. They didn't understand the death, burial, and resurrection. They didn't have the forgiveness Uh, They didn't have the Holy Spirit as we have it today. We live on this side of the cross. We've all experienced the cross. We've seen the cross. We understand the death, the burial, the resurrection. We have the Holy Spirit living within us. I can't imagine us even wanting to give less than what they gave. They'd never even seen the cross. Can someone say amen? But here's the difficulty. We're just like the Malachites, the people who lived in Malachite's day, because we know what we need to do and what we ought to do, what we want to do. But when things get tough, we do the same thing they do. Here's what it means when you tithe or if you gave a dime out of every dollar or whatever you decide to give and you give it faithfully, what you're saying is everything I have comes from you. When you place that offer, you say everything I have comes from you. Okay, that's, that's faith. That's faith. Everybody say faith. Number two, this is a picture of my heart. What I'm giving today is a true reflection of my love for you. This is where I want my heart to be. Number three, you're storing up for yourselves treasures in heaven, which is exactly what Jesus was talking about in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. You're storing up treasures in heaven. Number four, you are supporting kingdom causes. You're helping expand the kingdom of God. You're, you're supporting the church, the local church, as we support and, and, and give to missions all around the world and our ministry and what, what we do here in Los Angeles and around the world. Number five, you're saying, God, you're my partner. I'm in this thing together. I'm not, I'm not doing this by myself. You're with me. I, the only way I'm getting by here is with your help and with your blessing in my life. God is a part of your resource, your management team. And number six on this list You're saying, I know that when things get tight, that God is going to see me through this difficult situation because I'm trusting in him and my faith is in him. God will see me through any situation. So you have the heart test. You have the faith test. But number three, write this down, is the God's character test. We're testing the character of God. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, in the same chapter, verse 6, It says, I, the Lord, do not change. I want everyone to say those words. I, the Lord, do not change. We know from Hebrews 13, 8, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. What does that mean? Write this down. It means that he's immutable. It it means that if God was powerful 2,000 years ago, he's powerful today. He'll be just as powerful 2,000 years from today. He doesn't lose his power. If he was loving 2,000 years ago, he's loving today. If he was faithful 2,000 years ago, he's faithful today. Amen? Amen? Now, with that in mind, go back to verse 10. I want to show you something. Verse 10, the first half, I've have it highlighted. This is the heart test and the faith test. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Some of you just can't imagine doing that. You don't have the faith. Uh, you don't have the heart. Your heart's not there. But if you would try it, I think your heart would follow, and it's going to take faith to do it. That's the heart test, the faith test. But look at the second half. This is the character of God test, because he says, test me in this, says, here's this phrase, here's this phrase, this is important, says the Lord Almighty, test me, try me, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not even have enough room enough for it now that word floodgates is the exact same word that's found back in genesis chapter 7 verse 11 when god brings the flood and destroys the whole world in genesis 7 god uses this word floodgates he's going to open up the floodgates and water came from above and water came from beneath until the entire world was flooded that's the exact same word that he uses here in malachi he says, if you'll pass the heart test and the faith test, God says, I test me. I will f- use those same floodgates, and I will open up, and you will, I will pour out so much blessing in your life, you won't even have enough room to store all the blessings that I have in store for you. Now, I have to, I have to clarify, because blessings is not always money. Some people, well, if I do this, I'm going to get a lot of money. Well, uh, money can be a curse, Some of you think that if I had money, I'd solve all my problems. No, it might be a curse to you, depending upon what's in your heart. But it it could be money. It could be a friend that sticketh closer than a brother when you go through a difficult time and there's one person that stands by your side. That could be the blessing. The blessing could be a hedge of protection around your family. The blessing could be a hedge of protection around your children. What would that be worth to you? The blessing could be your car doesn't break down when it should break down. The blessing, I hope you're listening, it could be your car does break down when it shouldn't break down. You say, well, how could that be a blessing? Well, because God knew that in about five minutes you were going to go through a green light and a car was going to run a red light and broadside you. And so he allowed your car to break down right now. And you're sitting there on the side of the road all upset that your car broke down and God just saved your life is that possible it's possible your your blessing could be that you keep your job when everyone else loses their job your blessing could be that you lost your job everyone else kept it and you're the one person they fired you're all i lost my job well god's got a better job he had to get you out of that job before he can get you the next job i don't know all I'm saying is that when God said he'll open up the floodgates and pour out so much blessing that that word blessing uh, could be one of anything. I, I will tell you this, my life, I live my life, I believe this, uh, drowning, drowning in the blessings of God in my life. And I'm not just talking uh, uh, monetarily. My, my parents, my mom and dad, and I know this sounds like craziness to you, but when I was five, six, and seven, you know, you'd get some birthday money or something. My parents would explain the tithe. And I remember, I remember being a little kid and then on a piece of paper and figuring out in quarters and dimes and nickels. And they'd put 10% and they'd explain it to me and they'd give me a little offering. And I would go to church and my, my little offering and I'd put that in the offering. I remember that as a little boy. My grandmother taught me how to save. My parents did not teach me how to save. They taught me how to tithe. My grandmother, bless her heart, her name's Millie, she taught me, she took me to a bank. I didn't even know there was a bank. Took me in there to tell her and got me this little, ca- this little register thing and showed me how to deposit, and she showed me all that. She said, Dudley, always make sure you pay God the tithe, but then you pay yourself. Save that, and my entire life, I've lived off the 80%. I've given God 10%. My entire life, I've, I've given God 10 and I've saved 10 and I've learned how to live on 80% of every dollar that's ever come through my hands now I want you to think about this I've been doing this for over 50 years think if you had saved 10% of every dollar God had ever put in your hand you'd saved it how much would you have what if you had given God a dime out of every dollar you ever made and you have lived for that 50 years just receiving and watching this Malachi chapter three God do his part on this Malachi three ten thing now, I want to tell you one thing. I want you to go back to Malachi 3. I'm going to show you something. Some of you are just going to change your life. What I'm getting ready to show you is going to change your life, okay? Because in Malachi 3, you have, um, you know, this, the heart test, the faith test. But we're talking about God's character. In this exact same text, this whole book is prophecy you have the Old Testament everybody say Old Testament it represents the Old Testament is 4,000 years of history of Jewish history how how many years 4,000 where God speaks and God speaks and God speaks the very last time he speaks in the Old Testament is Malachi Malachi chronologically is the last book in the Old Testament it begins with Genesis but it ends in Malachi this is it this is the last word we hear from God This is biblical prophecy. None of this has taken place at the time that it has been written. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Who's he talking about there? Nope, 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 not Jesus. He's talking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the forerunner for Jesus Christ. The last time you hear from God in the Old Testament, he says i will send my messenger who will prepare the way that's prophecy number one here's prophecy number two and suddenly the lord you are seeking the messiah that you have been waiting for will then come to his temple the messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come all these years you've been waiting for the messiah i'm going to send you john the baptist and as soon as you see john the baptist You better be prepared because as soon as you see John the Baptist, I'm going to send Jesus. He says in verse 2, who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire, a launderer's soap. He's going to clean you, but he doesn't clean you from the outside. He cleans you on the inside. Look at verse 3. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. And if you read through verse 3 and really study it, Uh, you will discover that he's talking about and prophesying that when the Messiah appears that he will go to the cross and he will die. And when he sheds his blood, that shed blood will be the atonement for the sins of the entire world. All of this is prophetic. He prophesies that John the Baptist will arrive. He prophesies he's going to send when John the Baptist comes, you'll see Jesus Christ. He prophesies that when Jesus Christ comes that no one can stand. And then he prophesies That he will eventually purify you and refine you and you turn the page and you're in matthew all of a sudden and what happens in matthew chapter 3 who shows up in matthew chapter 3 who john the baptist Baptist. and who shows up right after john the baptist in matthew the same chapter matthew chapter 3 who shows up after john the baptist in matthew chapter 3 the messiah If you go over to John chapter 18, there's this story. Stay with me. Judas shows up. The Bible says in John 18 that he comes with a legion of soldiers. There's a band of soldiers. And these are are tough guys. And they've got swords. The Bible says they're carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. And they come into Jesus in John chapter 18. And Jesus looks and says to the soldiers, who are you looking for? And they said, we're looking for the one who calls himself Jesus from Nazareth. And Jesus says, I am he. And the Bible says, I'll put it on the screen in John 18, verse 6, that when Jesus said, I am he, they, the soldiers, they drew back. And the Bible says they fell to the ground. Thus fulfilling the text in Malachi chapter 3, verse 2. And if you read the end of Matthew, the end of Mark, the end of Luke, or in the end of John, you'll see that this Jesus goes to the cross and he does die on that cross. And when he sheds his blood, that blood is what purifies us from all of our sin. So it's in this context, stay with me. I'm gonna send you John the Baptist, the forerunner to Jesus Christ. I'll send you Jesus Christ. No one can stand and he will purify us of our sins. It's in that context that you then come to verse six that says, I never change. And then he says in verse 10, If you all would just bring the tithe, you will test me and see if I don't throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you can't even store it all. If you can believe that he sent John the Baptist, which he did, and if you can believe that after John the Baptist came Jesus, which it happened, and if you can believe that no one can stand, which is the truth, and number four, if you believe that he died for the sins of the world, if he can do that and that and that and that, trust me, he can open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing in your life that you can't even have enough room to store it all
0: we hope you enjoyed this edition of lift up jesus with pastor dudley rutherford as you can tell from his message tonight pastor dudley has a driving passion to talk about jesus everywhere he goes and with everyone he meets so often a person has never heard the life-changing message of the gospel Or perhaps they, at one time, experienced the transformation that is only possible through Jesus Christ, but now they're discouraged or in need of hope. If that is you, we invite you to reach out to us right now and let us pray with you. Our toll-free number is easy to remember. It's 888-818-4777. Again, that number is 888-818-4777. We have prayer counselors standing by and ready to take your call. We also want you to know that Pastor Dudley Rutherford has a monthly devotional that he'd like to share with you. You can easily sign up to receive this devotional by simply going to our website, liftupjesus.com, and clicking on a link at the top of the page that says Monthly Devotional. There is a place on the Monthly Devotional page where you can enter your name and email address and begin receiving Pastor Dudley's monthly devotions on a regular basis. It's that simple. This is just one of the many resources we offer on our website, liftupjesus.com. That website again is liftupjesus.com. I'm Kyle Welch, hoping you'll join us again tomorrow night at this same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.